Hello and welcome to GIST Radio. We are a casual radio station where we broadcast when we have something to say. GIST stands for Getting Your Shit Together, and we broadcast important interviews and information for artists and creators of all kinds. For more information on GIST, please log into our website at www.gyst-ink.com, where you will find free resources, software, and publications for artists. You can email us and let us know what you would like to hear about at info at gyst-ink.com. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, listeners. You are tuned in to Just Do It, a radio show that I created, I being your host, Kara Tomei. I created the show to uh, get the opportunity to present uh, to the public artists and creatives who engage in DIY practices. Getting your shit together is all about uh, DIY spirit and GIST, uh, our company GIST supports that in, in many different ways. And so this radio show is a service of that so I could have people on to talk about um, how and why they engage in uh, this kind of practice, specifically practices that engage the public. So these are artists and creatives who have expanded their practice in their life to include something that engages the public with public programming. That could be a, a space, a project, a collective, a nonprofit, even a business. I, it, whatever form it takes, basically the through line is people who are adding this uh, aspect to what they do. And of course, we're all the better for it. So I am happy to have someone who has done that, uh, Bernard Libov of Boxo Projects. I'm very excited to talk to him because there's some really uh, neat things happening out in the Joshua Tree area. Actually, I've been hearing over the past couple of years, I've been hearing and reading about the kind of a quick growth of creative activity in the Mojave Desert area, which is, by the way, approximately about two and a half hours east of Los Angeles in the Joshua Tree National Park area. So a beautiful, desolate, strange setting, actually, for um, <laughs> for anything, let alone a creative practice. So I'm, it's, it's a, the setting alone lends for uh, uh, just lends itself to being something quite interesting, and. Um, the forerunner of this area in terms of this kind of thing, I think, is High Desert Test Sites, which is the well-known contemporary uh, project that artist Andrea Zittel created when she moved out to that area about 15 years ago, when probably there wasn't much much going on out there at all in terms of uh, this of practice and creativity. Anyway, I wanted to just quote a line or two from her website because I think it kind of sums up the spirit and I'm going to, of course, ask Bernard to, to verify that. But the, um, the quote from the High Desert Test Sites uh, website says that it was to insert art directly into a landscape or a community where it will sink or swim based on a set of criteria beyond that of art world institutions and galleries, and that they would challenge traditional conventions of ownership, property, and patronage. And then on Boxo uh, Project's website, uh, Bernard labels what he's doing as, as contemporary art at the new frontier, and very invested in the role of art in creating community. And as he says, the power of art to shape the destiny of communities. So I think there's a similar spirit of people that 
remove themselves from a city uh, experience and go out to the desert and and do this kind of and then draw people out there. So I have never been out there except for when I was a very young person. I grew up in California and probably went there a couple of times for like camping or something. <laughs> I'd never been out there and until uh, for art experiences until Memorial Day weekend of 2015 when I was lured out by a wonderful uh, exhibition called the Joshua Triennial. It was an inaugural festival, you could say, a series of site responsive installations and performances by 60 artists representing 15 nationalities participating at five venues, including Boxo House. Well, I just had to get out there and see this for myself. So I did. And I'm so glad I did. And that's where I met Bernard. I'm, I'm, I don't want to, I think I'm talking too much. So I'm going to have Bernard come in and start talking to uh, you, our listeners. Welcome, Bernard, to the show. Thanks very much. Hi, Kareth, and thanks to uh, to everybody for being on. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really happy to have you on to hear why you were out there, how you started to do the programming, how it's been going, because being out there was so fantastic. I just actually to to go back to the personal, because I think it sets the tone to to drive out there from LA, even that experience of leaving behind going into the Mojave Desert where there's flat you know flatness and hotness and and then the wonderfully strange and beautiful Joshua trees and desert rocks all around you and and there you are in this beautiful setting and there's quite a lot of uh, creative activity going on out there and to be out there and experience it is just such a cool experience so I urge everyone to to get out there and as after they hear Bernard talk about his project I know you're going to want to so um, Bernard let's just back up though because how did you someone who is originally from South Africa and uh, then was in New York with uh, with in the world and then you find yourself in Joshua Tree perhaps that is a long story but if you could tell us the short version of just that that experience of going from you know where you were to where you are now I think it's really interesting especially because you did come from a corporate uh, background way back when, and then shifted your life into the arts and, and then found yourself where you are. So I would like you to take us through each phase of that for a couple of minutes so we can hear uh, where, where your frame of mind is. Well, well thanks, Kara. I mean, I think I, I don't um, need to, it, it could be a very long story, but I'll, I'll take a, a higher view. And I'm very glad you mentioned Andrea and High Desert Test Sites because indeed that's kind of the shortcut to the story for us as well. So, um, you know, overall, yes, I, I did have a corporate background. I do have a corporate background. Um, I have a strong training in finance and administration and brand work. And, um, but I, I always was very interested in uh, the arts, um, very interested in, in artists. And what I've really figured out for myself is that my quest is really to be in community with artists. And um, I didn't see that as possible when I first started out career-wise, and I would say because I was just not much of a risk taker, I was really, really tied to some sort of certain certain sense of certainty. Um, and it, it took, you know, quite a while to figure out that, that there isn't certainty in anything and, uh, you know, and to start to really connect with that, that, those things I had a passion for. Um, and I, I, there were various sort of movements in my career, but that, that brought me to a point where I really wanted to uh, get directly involved with the art world in some way. Um, and this was back in uh, 2004, 2005. 
Um, and I was, you know, doing all the things a career person does. <clears throat> I was chasing certain institutions in New York and I was chasing a certain curator in New York. And uh, because of that, I was reading everything that she did or, or reading about everything that she did. And I read an interview on land art that she did with Andrea, amongst others, um, in which the subject of high desert test sites was brought up. Um, and in, in this same um, issue of Art Forum, in the back was an article about high desert test sites written by Andrea and Lisa Ann Auerbach, who was her co-founder uh, of the effort. And I just felt incredibly compelled to, to get out and see what it was all about. And um, I wrote to Andrea, she answered me, and uh, I immediately, sort of several months later, came out even before the next uh, test sites event and just started uh, connecting here in a tremendous way. Um, I think what, what I have found here is that community that I was looking for, and it isn't necessarily just a community of artists, but it's a, a certain community and a certain mindset that uh, really suits me and um, gives, me, gives me the freedom to take those risks that I, I didn't feel able to take in the other environments I was in. That makes sense. You to remove yourself and put yourself in a place where you know it's literally an open place. It literally, this you know, it's just so open, so flat. And perhaps what you're saying is there's then kind of it frees you to be open-minded. People out there uh, who live out there are kind of they are open-minded. They have also left to kind of get away from certain things. And so there's, there is a spirit of community of open-mindedness and possibility felt it. I was like, I want to get out here and do something. I mean, it really, it really does kind of inspire because it feels very unchartered still. I mean, High Desert Test Sites has been going for 15 years and yet because it's removed enough from LA, it's not a quick jaunt. You know, two and a half hours is, is not, maybe, maybe after all these years, you feel it's <laughs> a quick jaunt, but it feels, far enough away that it that and and it really physically feels far away and it just lends for a very uh yeah all, kind of an open possibility kind of mindset i felt i really felt it definitely and then i felt that in the programming too and i i want to of course get into that because boxo house and boxo projects are things that you have started and are doing and are going so well so uh, let's dive into um you know what what made you you buy a home and say to yourself then right away, or maybe not right away, you know, you bought the home you're in, I'm, I'm sure renovated it. It's a beautiful spot on the base of this hill with massive rocks. Oh, this, it's so, it must be inspiring to live there for sure. <laughs> so you buy the house and you say, and I, now I want to invite people in. I want to invite artists in. I want it to be a gallery and I want it to, you know, be an artist residency. Talk about kind of the, the, the germ of that idea and just walking it through um, to kind of be there now because it's been a while it's been about what uh six years six years um, it's been four years of the residency here in joshua okay. tree and mm -hmm. six years of um the bigger project so just to backtrack a, a touch um while i was still doing my corporate stuff in new york um i did determine at a certain point there were certain artists here that were not getting the platform that i thought they deserved and i started showing artists from joshua tree um, out of my apartment in New York. And that wow. became a bit of an established space. Um, it was called Boxo Office. And um, I, there was a New York Times article that I was included in that was all about uh, galleries and apartments. And uh, sort of there was a moment of all of that. So um, I was already and, and really enjoying at that point 
breaking this public-private boundary of my space. I found that to be a, an interesting and fun thing to do. Um, some people find it extremely challenging or extremely odd, and I found it, it reinvigorated uh, my apartment, which I'd been in for, for 15 years in New York, <clears throat> gave it sort of a new purpose and a, and a new life. Um, so when I came here, it didn't feel so odd um, to do that again. Um, I didn't even, I didn't come here with the idea necessarily of doing the residency. I came here with the idea of exploring what I could do. And once I, once I was here in place, um, I started to invite artists that were friends of mine to come and do projects because I wanted to introduce them to the community and introduce them to the environment. You know, just to, to backtrack, uh, again, just a touch on one thing you said leading into the segment, Yes, there is a sense of openness here, and there is a lot of open-mindedness here, um, but that isn't the full context. This is a very, very diverse place. Um, we have survivalists, we have religious fundamentalists, we have the largest Marine Corps base in the world, uh, we have a Tibetan monastery, we have people who believe in aliens, you know, and then we do have an artist community and a contemporary artist community and maybe open-minded in the more um, narrow sense that we think of in some way. So I, I believe that Joshua Tree and, and the Joshua Tree area is a laboratory into which you can bring people and they can investigate all sorts of issues of interest to them and, and be stimulated by um, the diverse environment. And, and that's what I started to do was bring friends who were artists here to do some projects. And I started with friends because I've been sharing the house literally with the residents. I don't have a separate building for them. So I wanted to kind of, you know, have some boundaries around that. Um, but that just, sure. you know, took a life of its own. It was so well received by the community that I then went out and did some fundraising and started inviting, you know, other artists um, and doing a series of projects. Uh, and the second part of the mission, you know, which the triennial, you know, started to fulfill was really the idea of, of programming as well. And both of these efforts are really uh, to find a way to make the arts uh, a central uh, economic engine and a central area of interest for Joshua Tree. Um, Joshua Tree is this very unique place kind of sitting right next to a not so unique place that is a typical big box development and, and sort of homogenous development. And we're working very hard to create a viable economy here uh, that will keep this place preserved in some way. Um, and I have the belief, and this is this belief about art shaping the community, that with a critical mass of people doing things here, uh, we can have the right kind of cultural tourism and other sorts of activity here related to the arts that uh, can sustain us. That's right. I think, yeah, it's, I just, I'm listening to you describe the area and it helps to contextualize because it is definitely like you're saying, uh, I'll use the word strange, but also in a positive way, a very strange you know, spot with what you were describing, all these very, very di different kind of uh, communities all, all placed there. So um, again, I think that, I'm sure you think that makes for a very interesting melting pot. <laughs> and and it's working in that, you know, High Desert Test Sites and, and you, and, and there are others, there are, there are several, other spaces and things that are that that have been out there for enough years that it, it's getting a lot of attention. I mean, you know, I'm I'm in LA and I'm always researching things happening here, but I, I'm always coming upon things that are happening there as well. It's really 
there is a tie to Los Angeles with, of course, a lot of it being the closest city, a lot of artists going up there. And there's kind of cool things like the, the crochet museum and, and, uh, and the woman who runs her interesting space there. What is her name? I don't want to. Sherry Elf. Yes, Sherry. And uh, it's this wonderful little spot. And she has been doing public programming there and inviting people to, you know, kind of have a community of a space for performance and music and presentations and the like. And her tiny crochet museum, which is literally a tiny box with thousands of crocheted things in there. And there's just really kind of unique, fun things. I mean, there's also, um, you've also got Noah Purfoy's uh, museum out there. Um, actually, it's a great time to go see. There's a, a retrospective now of his work at uh, at LACMA, and then um, you could go see it in in C2 Joshua Tree. I think that would be an amazing kind of bookend uh, thing. I actually went to see the show at LACMA recently, but when I was out there, um, Bernard visiting the Triennial and running all around, kind of trying to take in as many programs and projects all over that I could, which was so fun. I actually uh, didn't get out to to the Purfoy uh, Ranch, and I am going to do that. So that is my next uh, trek out there because after seeing the show, you know, at the at LACMA, it'd be wonderful to see his pieces. He's an outsider artist. Well, no, he's not an outsider artist. He he's an artist who is very influential in Los Angeles, but chose to live in a place that you could consider back way back then, kind of an outsider spot of Joshua and his massive pieces all over his ranch anyway enough about that it's easy to go on tangents because there's so much so many interesting things out in that area but let's get back to how you feel that um you know the community is coalescing and more and let's talk about that through doing this triennial which was a huge project involving so many artists involving yourself and and we could talk about your co-curator and you got the public there and you got a lot of people there and how did that feel how did it come about to do you you know a larger project maybe we could even talk a little bit uh, talk some arts like what name a few things that happened during the triennial that you're really happy with and that really succeeded and uh because then people can get visuals of what literally is being made out there and let's talk a bit about the triennial and and uh, and what it was all about um sure well the joshua triennial uh really came about through discussion and a visit with my co-curator, um, Cage Beiser, who's uh, a really dynamic uh, curator living and working in LA. He moved there not so long ago from uh, New York. Um, and he's also one of the founders of the Honolulu Biennial. Um, he's a, a Hawaiian of a Hawaiian origin. Um, and that'll be kicking off uh, next year, I believe. Um, and he came out on a visit, we got talking, and originally it, it started of doing some projections uh, some little festival of projections on the rocks um, at the back of my property. Um, and as we got looking into some of the dynamics and all of that, um, it somehow seemed uh, it would be more compelling uh, than to have something that, that went on during the day and during the night. Um, and so we just started to, to program and think of artists who would be interested uh, in coming out here. And, um, you know, very quickly it, it mushroomed into something, I think, much bigger, certainly than I expected. Um, and was really wonderful. One of the, the key things about the triennial for me was that I wanted it to be a, a boxer project piece of programming, but also something that really highlighted everything that goes on. You know, as you were alluding to the other things um, in Joshua Tree, there are uh, several um, programming institutions and, and points of interest. 
And uh, the Memorial Day weekend was a weekend where there seemed to be a critical mass of things coming together. And uh, I, you know, we chose to do the programming at the same time. And then on our schedule, we sort of laid out everything that was going on um, and made sure to not, not uh, program over some of the other time-specific events. So there was a high dose of test sites event that was going on. Um, there's uh, the, the Harrison House here in Joshua Tree, Lou Harrison, was a composer who built an amazing uh, straw bale structure here uh, in, in the middle of the desert. And uh, there's a wonderful friend of mine who runs that as a music and arts residency. And they were having some theater going on there, um, workshops and, and theater performances. Um, and there's another uh, outfit called out, out, uh, Outpost Projects, an artist out of LA called Ailey Schmeltz, who's building uh, an interesting um, initiative out here as well. So I brought brought all of that in um, together to highlight what was going on. And then just had this tremendous uh, support of both the community and, you know, there's, there's many, many artists from a wide variety of uh, places and viewpoints um, who came together to make this happen. We, we wanted to have both installations um, that uh, people could come and enjoy and really connect with the desert in some way. So my property was sort of filled um, with a number of installations and everything from, uh, you know, someone who's sort of really well known, at least regionally, Philip K. Smith. Um, he, he's known for Lucid Stead, this amazing cabin project that he did out in the desert uh, using lights and mirrors that he had substituted for boards of a shack uh, that gave the illusion of looking right through the shack. Um, well, he, he's made standalone sculpture pieces and an amazing uh, series of photographs that came out of that project. And they were uh, unveiled here in the studio um, at Boxer House. Um, and then the surrounding grounds were, were filled with installations you know, by a number of artists. There were people like Kiki Soror and Sydney Cooper. Sydney came in from Santa Fe, New Mexico, um, doing performances. Uh, Kiki, uh, Kiki was interacting with people online through uh, chat roulette. And um, Sydney was raking, in, in meditatively raking sort of all five acres of, of land here, which is sort of quite an amazing durational uh, event. Um, and then we had uh, a number of other artists who, who did installations. Who, Sorry? Who's the artist? I was going to ask because I did, I got engaged with one artist um, and came back a couple of times to see what he was doing. But remind me of his name. He did a lot of work on the actual physical boulders back in the, behind your property. Oh, Andrew Where, Binkley. Andrew, yes, so, okay, right. So Andrew Binkley. Yeah, he did some really interesting stuff on on the rocks. Just because I happen to be, see a, a lot of that and talk a lot with him, and and he's from. Is he living in Hawaii as well now? I think right. He, he is. He is. He right. was in from Hawaii, and right. Um, he installed a, a sort of a, an installation where bubbles appear to be coming yeah. out intermittently from the rocks. But it, yeah, he I mean, also made. Yeah, I'm I love sorry. that little. I just was. I love that there were inter, little interventions that that really engage with the site, and I'm only honing in on him because I did have a lot of conversation with him, and it was so nice to hear from an artist who was participating. Of course, I'm sure he gave you a lot of feedback, but he was just over the moon about being there in that space and really activating the environment, which I know is an important part of what you want or would like artists to do. And the interventions were the bubbles coming out so you were just kind of standing there and literally these giant bubbles were just coming out from the middle of these massive boulders it was it was just 
a simple yet so effective way to shift the consciousness of, of the viewer. I, I loved that. He also did a mass affection, I believe, on, on the rocks. And and then on another, there was a whole weekend event, by the way, that you're, you've done. I mean, you could can't even do it in one day. You pulled together. I, I thought it was amazing how you pulled the community together. The whole weekend was packed. I was there for a day and a half and got to, to go around to various things. And I came back another day and had made a giant fake boulder made out of plastic and inflated that he then placed in within the boulders and it took even a minute to kind of realize that it that it was fake if you were looking at it because it would kind of move a little or billow a little and it literally looked like all of a sudden one of the rocks is like like moving and and, and melting with the wind or something and again it was just like some wonderful subtle interventions uh, that he did and i just really enjoyed uh, talking with him uh, and i talked with uh, many of the artists that were all of the artists were there of course very excited to be there and physically be there and start all their work and perform their work and uh, half the fun was talking with them for sure for me at least <laughs> you know talking with artists and seeing their work Absolutely. I just wanted to mention as well that, you know, there were these uh, a number of installations here um, and but there were also evening performances at various venues. So on the Friday night, there was a performance by a, an artist called Aaron Shepard, this sort of amazing uh, striptease. And I'll, I'll leave it at that um, mermaid <laughs> striptease down at the Art Queen, which is the venue you uh, mentioned that, that Sherry Elf has the Crochet Museum and her studio um, located at. Um, the, the opening event was at the Integratron, um, which is a really well-known uh, place here that people come to take sound baths. It's just acoustically perfect place. And we had two different sets of musicians do performances there, which was quite amazing. Um, on the Saturday night, we were at the Palms out in Wanda Valley, which is also your, you know, this wonderful um, sort of fantasy of a, of a deserted bar uh, where Diane Best projected her moving image pieces with live music uh, accompaniment. Um, and on the Sunday night, we were at the Joshua Tree Astronomy Arts Theater, this wonderful outdoor uh, venue where there are uh, high power telescopes hooked up to projectors that project onto screens. And there was a performance um, and artist installation there. So this is again, where there was tremendous support from the community and tremendous embracing um, yes. of things going on. Uh, and I, you know, uh, I, I, I visited the um, the palms on that Saturday night to see Diane Best's piece and the sound. And I mean, just just I, I just want to describe a little bit about that uh, personally too, because it was such you said deserted bar. You're not kidding. To get out there, it was nighttime, of course, and you know Joshua Tree has barely any lights, which is why there's so many fabulous stars. Uh, but you're driving down this street in the pitch black, and my friends and I. We're thinking, are we going, the, you know, we've got our little Google Maps going, but like, are we going the right place? Where are we going? It really looks like, I mean, to, to our view of blackness, there was nothing. And then all of a sudden, after a while driving down a black street, you come upon the Palms, which is this little, not even little, it's this wonderful bar, the inside and outside and the lit up sign. And it was like, ah. Oh, there it is, you know, this kind of like beacon of light in the middle of darkness. And then you go in and there's this amazing cool bar with amazing cool people and Diane Best's piece in the open air. There's an open air kind of um, stage and you're under the stars watching video art at, with live sound with these creative people around. It was heaven. It was, it was so, it was like really, I remember, I will remember that experience for a long time, Bernard. I really, it was one of those 
moments of everything was just so <laughs> wonder unique, wonderful, will not forget it. So bravo you for <laughs> creating that. And just I want to, you know, from a from a viewer's and participator's perspective, you know, I'm turning into a gushing fan of, of the area and what you're doing because it was just, uh, I experienced it as a really special, special thing and special place. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it sounds like you had your desert moment. I did, yes, I had my whole desert moment, <laughs> absolutely. And I and I want more, I want more desert moments. I'm gonna well, definitely get out there again. And, and that's exactly the point of what you're doing. And I think it's so it's working here, you know, you're drawing people who um, are you know interested in the arts and and things done on the new frontier? I love that term that you use. It's it is kind of a new frontier. Although I would actually like you to describe a little bit more of what that means, maybe as kind of a uh, an outro, because um, I think that's a wonderful term. And what you see is that. But you know, I, you you draw me you drew me out there, and I'm someone who you know goes to a lot of things and sees a lot of things, and of course a lot of things. And it took what you did and the confluence of what's going on there, because I actually. With High Desert Test Sites, I have had them on my radio show, by the way. So listeners, if you'd like to hear a bit more in depth about the High Desert Test Sites history and what they do, I had Aurora Tang on Just Radio. You can look it up in the archives and listen to that. And then, oh, Eileen Schmelz is also a friend who you know who you mentioned she just opened a bar a jackrabbit home and converted it and now also has a kind of public private thing going on out there uh she was also a guest on my show and uh, not without post though i'm going to get her back on to talk about about that as well so you know i've been i've had my eye on the area but to actually physically go out and experience it just really did change change my change open my mind <laughs> to 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 what's going on so um so why do you call it the new frontier what what is that phrase to you and um I'd like to hear about that phrase, what, what it means to you. Well, I, I think it's, it's very much, it's, it's aligned uh, somewhat with, you know, when you read from the, um, the High Desert Test Site website, it's aligned with, with that thinking of, you know, how do you, how do you uh, allow artists, um, not how do you, what, 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 what I do do is, um, you know, provide artists with uh, the possibility of doing work outside of us the usual structures um, and also of, of looking at ways to help them um, show and distribute the work as well outside of the usual structures so that they don't uh, feel compelled to start making work um, that will appeal to the structures but really make independent work or the work they really want to make. Um, and that's, you know, there's some sweeping generalizations and some sweeping, you know, judgments in there. Um, but, but looking at it just from the positive point of view, it's, it's really about um, a place you know, of of freedom and openness. Um, look, it's a it's a low cost environment. It's it's certainly possible to bring people in here and allow them to do things here that you know on on far fewer resources than one would uh, need to do even the same things in in more urban environments. Um, and there's there's also just that frontier sense of being in a place that is not like other places, uh, and that that opens that opens the doors to to new things. Um, recently, as well as being this discussion, I think um, the High Desert Site event that happened uh, that weekend uh, was with uh, an artist who had brought the footprint of the, um, the Schindler House out here and re reconstructed it out in the desert uh, because the Schindler House, LA at the time was considered the frontier when the Schindler House was built. But now the, right. the frontier seems to be moving eastward again. And certainly right. the desert seems to be the front, front edge of how that frontier is moving. That's wonderful. Well, I, I I admire what you're doing out at the New Frontier. I want to engage with it more myself, and I really hope that 
our listeners were as informed and inspired as I was talking to you, Bernard. I, uh, I will, we will keep in touch. I am on your mailing list and I urge everyone else to get on your mailing list. Uh, of course, there's more information online about what you do, boxoprojects.com. So everyone go ahead and go there and uh, look at some images of what uh, the wonderful art that is coming out of Boxo House. And uh, you have a great blog as well, which keeps people updated. And I will definitely look for the next uh, to come out to see you. And thank you so much for being my guest on Just Do It. No, thank you, Kara. Thanks for being here. Thanks for this follow-up, and we look forward to seeing more of you and uh, to seeing more of more of you listeners uh, out here. Please come. They will, I think. They will. Okay, Bernard, Great. thanks a lot. And I'm going to sign off to our listeners, too, by reminding you that Gist Inc. is a company that supports creatives like Bernard and artists who are looking for alternative ways of making art and sustaining themselves. The Gist is very much aligned with the outside of the system way of thinking, rather that there are many different avenues and ways and alternatives to support yourself and engage in DIY practices, making art and making other things and doing other things. We're all about it. We call it a hybrid artist. So if you're someone who is a hybrid artist or is interested in being a hybrid artist, we have uh, support things for you on our website, which is gyst-ink.com. We have free resources, hundreds of pages of free resources. We have workshops. We have software systems to help you. We've got it for you, you hybrid artists. So also please listen to other Just Radio episodes. You can find them on our website and or on Blog Talk, Just Radio on Blog Talk. I have luckily been able to talk to dozens of DIY artists and creatives similar to Bernard, and I hope that I have some new fans out there. Signing off, and see you in a week or so with a new episode of Just Do It.